Hello, welcome back to TVI Podcast. Hi. Hi, Carl here. Julian here, mate. Hi. Um, uh, we are back with a, a lovely, fun episode we recorded recorded last week. I mean, I can't, yeah, it's been um, in the can. Yeah. For, uh, it's with the excellent Rob Mulholland, who is a stand-up comedian. He's a good human, isn't he, Rob? He is, yeah, he's a good guy. Funny man. Does YouTube stuff? He's, yeah, he's good. He, he's got got a lot of strings to his bow. As Rob, he's got an excellent setup, like camera and that, isn't he's he? Got a, yeah, yes, yeah, actually. And he's got a good work ethic. The it's video one of these comics on prolific. Turns over a lot of uh, material. He's actually just released on YouTube a, a sort of coronavirus special that he recorded when we were in sort of when gigs were shut, but you could do other things outdoors. Him and some other comics did these gigs where they went around and they did them in people's gardens and all that. And uh, he, he sort of has compiled it all together into a special, which is now available on YouTube. So go and give that a watch. And uh, that's it. Kick back. Uh, relax. Relax. Uh, Get your thanks, earphones on. Thanks to all our patrons for being a part of the gang. Well thanks, done. patrons. Part uh, of the community. Yeah, sign up if you want extra stuff. You know, we do part little extra episodes. We do about... I say probably we average about six to eight uh, extra mini episodes a month. Um, you get all the videos of the podcast, whatever. You know, it's worth it. So kick back, enjoy Rob Mulholland, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. <laughs> Really into late nineties shagging. Okay, hit record, so that would be the opening line of this week's episode. Just <laughs> talking about the age demographic. Um, welcome back uh, to TVI. Carl Donnelly here. Julian D. TVI. Welcome. Guest Rob Mulholland, all the Hello. way from where do you live? I live in Manchester now. Manchester, yeah. Greater Manchester, um, centre. Outside, what what area? Medium. I live in Medium Manchester. Medium I live in Levenshoe in South Manchester. Okay. Yeah, so it's like nearly Stockport, but it's still Manchester. Okay, Stockport is um is a shithole, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. It's, an absolute, <laughs> it's an absolute fucking dump. Like, yeah. It's not. I don't. I'm not saying that to dig well, it out. I'm, like, I'm not saying that as some sort of poncy southerner, but. You know, I've got mate. I've got loads of mates in Manchester. It's probably, I'd say, outside of London, Manchester is the only other city in England I could live in. Like, I mm. love it, but I went to Stockport uh, about a year ago for the first time, and even I was like, "This is a good old fashioned shithole." Oh yeah, it's one of the <laughs> the, the proper northern shitholes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just a belt of them across the north, it's like Bury like, and Burnley and yeah, Blackburn. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one thing the north does best like, i don't mean what i mean is and this again this sounds worse than i mean it but because i think there's always that north south divide is a bit of a myth because i think a lot of northerners have this assumption that everyone in london is fucking minted and we're like and we've got some of the poorest fuckers in the world like not in the world but yeah, in yeah. The sort of, you know in the uk and so as a as a progressive modern they still uh, have like sky plus, but yeah that's the same for like everywhere but you know what i mean like, yeah i grew up with people who you know, my parents still have a electric and gas meter. Where they've got yeah. to top up with a key. You know, what I mean, they just live in a shitty little council flat. You know, they're poor. There's no sort of rich Londonness yeah. to them. But what I will say about that is, in the north, the the, diff, the different level is they can make a, a whole area a shithole. In the, in sort of the south, it'll be a shithole next to a nice bit. Mm. But the North will really pack a big area of a shithole. <laughs> oh yeah, you could get a good volume. Like if you head head towards Barrow and Furness, square miles of shit. <laughs> yeah, if you drive towards Barrow, there is just an expanse that is just shithole after yeah. shithole after shithole. Like yeah, it's not like there's the posh area yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. That, again, that's probably uh, population density down south. It's that we it's got to be like that because we're all there's, there's fucking during the like working week there's ten million people in London. So yeah. You know, it's obviously gonna have to. You've got to put the shitholes on top of the good bits. Whereas in the north, you get to spread your seed. You can really, really spread your legs in a shithole. Yeah, stretch north. out, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also but, yeah. trying to, um, like, because the council estates kind of were hotbeds of crime, weren't they, when they were first built, like seventies, eighties? Yeah. Like that one in North London where PC Blakelock got murked. Do you where remember was that? that? 
That was in um, Winston Silcock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a real place. (laughs) No, Winston Silcock's the name of the guy that got um, arrested. Right, okay. I was going to say, down the road in Winston Silcock. But they do have, we've got, you always see like funny named estates in London, man. They just name them after any old fucker, innit? Yeah, yeah. Sort of, but uh, like when you see Only Fools and Horses, that sort of Nelson, Nelson Mandela, Mandela estate. Yeah, that, that's what they're all called things like that. You just walk yeah, past. there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that around here, actually. Like there's a lot of like, um, weirdly, like a lot of places are named after places in North Yorkshire. It's either civil rights leaders or yeah. just Dales is what you get <laughs> around the... here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what? Because Manchester still, it is getting like, even like the sort of the dodgy parts. I, they've started to get a bit. It's more getting gentrified at a rate, Manchester. It's what's like that? it's changing fast. That sort of south. Uh, not what's the bit where? Um, you think of Moss Side? Moss Side, yeah. Yeah, like Moss Side was dead bad, but it's like it's right next to Cholton, so it's like yes. gonna be the next up and coming area. It's They're already that, yeah. rebranding the it. It's like what, blooming like little vegan calf blossoms. Yeah, there. there's like a big Aldi that's nice now, and like this, uh, the gun crime rates have gone down, and like they've rebranded it now. Like I went to look um, when I was moving here. There was what did they call it? I can't remember the name. They call they it like the Rush Home Valley said, or something. Oh, What's, what's that? What's that so again, they've rebranded so. it, so it's like the Rush Home oh. Valley or something oh, like Rush, that, yeah, instead of instead of Moss Side. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I turned that. up, I was like, this is fucking Moss Side. I joke about where I live in Halsden in London. Like Halsden is, is still pretty rough, and like it used yeah. to be the gun capital of the UK for a period of time. It was sort of... It was basically like here and Hackney were the two worst parts of London. Yeah, yeah. And we're Brian. competing with not- Nottingham and Manchester holding it up for the north. Yeah, yeah. But um, but Halston is still like it's never really kicked on. It's not been gentrified or anything yet. It's still just nice and like old school. But for a joke, I refer to it as um, as West Kensal because Kensal uh, Kensal Green and Kensal Rise is the next bit, and that's well nice and posh. Yeah. Like mad. Like if you walk from my place, if you walk two hundred meters down, there's a road called uh, Bathurst Gardens, which is just a little a nice little residential road, and like here. You know, here would be thought of as a, as a shit. I know people that would avoid this area like the plague. You walk two hundred meters down there, and a three bedroom house is about one point two million pounds. Yeah, like that is insane. Yeah, like that, that that sort of distance should not work in any way. And also, it's a, they're not big houses with big gardens or anything. So yeah. little sort of just terraced, nice road. No, nah, it's a madness, man. Like, although looking at us three, we are like the foot soldiers of gentrification. Like, oh, if we if we've moved into an area, like you know, it's like I, I'm I'm you know I'm always uh, one down the line. I'm a former art student. Like you know, house prices are rising if I've moved in. <laughs> well, the thing is, I always feel like I know it sounds like a wanker's thing to say, but I always feel like I've got to sort of get out of jail free card. That you know, basically, I'm middle class, but because I ain't from middle class. But like you know, I'm from a poor family. Yeah. I always feel like I'm allowed to do whatever I want, and no one can judge me. You know what I mean? When somebody, I can, I'm a vegan. I'm fucking pretty much a Buddhist. I yeah. meditate. You know, I listen to classical music in the morning. Like I'm a wanker, right? But no one, anyone says to me like, you know, I'm sort of. And at the moment, anyone tries to dig me out about like gentrification or something, I'm like, shut up, man. I'm, I'm, from, I'm exactly I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. Grew up on a council estate, you know, Yorkshire lad, but now I'm a teetotal vegetarian. Yeah. I'll pop on a bit of yoga it's in the, the morning with Adrienne. She is so fit. Yeah, I know, she? mate. It, re- it really helps the lessons go by. Have you watched it, Julia? <laughs> yoga with Adrienne? Just sitting there wanking while... Have you, um, have you, I haven't, no. She, honestly, she's like the biggest online yoga yeah. teacher in the world now. Which I've actually been watching her since back in the day, mate. Before you were fucking OG, <laughs> talking about being a hipster. No, mate, actually, honestly. I was into Adrian's early stuff. You were. A, uh, Carl was her first viewer. <laughs> no, but I've been into it. For, I've been wanking on about that for years on this bloody. Even from the old podcast, I used to sort of always go on about yoga with Adrian, and now she's. Where's she huge. from? Is she? She's American. She's, is she? She's from Austin, Texas. She's an actor, but she's now a professional yoga teacher. Yeah, and you can't call her an actor. Like that's not her, on her IMDb. Yeah, the yoga's yeah. popping up first. But it? basically, it was one of them <laughs> things where she was an actor who probably wasn't getting a lot of stuff. Was also Soft she trained as a yoga, yoga teacher, and then she started teaching it. 
and next just doing you know, yoga on channel five <laughs> 11 late PM night after euro trash whatever yoga it was I used to show. request which yoga moves she does <laughs> if you phone in do a downward dog <laughs> What was that's the it, thing? That... That that's it, Lotus. That's it. That's what, was it. The, what was the show that used to be on like midnight on Channel Five? Was it Sex Cetera? Do you remember that? Oh God, the ones where I they like porn. pretended it was an education program. Yeah, it was like here's some yeah. sex news from around the world, and it was yeah. like just, you'd be sitting there at fifteen, like fucking go on, tell me some more news. <laughs> but then like the customer tell me try... about the Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> they try and pretend it was educational, so yeah, you, yeah. you'd like everyone watching must have been us, like fifteen year old boys. Absolutely, That's... but then. They'd go right. We're now going to look at suicide in the gay community. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. You know, oh, just mate. Like, oh, mate, come play the game. I've got to hold, hold that back. <laughs> yeah, can we just get back to like showing medical diagrams of fannies yeah, and like exactly. watching gimps swing upside down? <laughs> that was that was a golden time pre. It really was. Like, so I'm 32. So I was very much in that um, like pre-internet era just about, of yeah, masturbation. Just I like I we remember. had a, we had a computer in my house when I was a teenager, but it was in the living room and it was on dial-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like that was when I was like 13 as well. So like it's, it was it was late night Channel Five for me. That, man. that was, was the best Channel Four. You'd, you'd have Euro Trash. You'd have Sex Cetera. There was just like a handful of there was the Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah, the that? ten minute previews. Oh God, I remember that. It's like. People, young people now, I know it sounds like such an old person thing to say. They don't know, they don't know they're bored with all the porno they've got. <laughs> they can watch. I mean, you know, Julian's the expert, the UK's leading expert on porn. What so. would you like to know? What? <laughs> Um, the UK's archivist. You're like the British Library of porn, aren't you? Let me just get that one up for you. A lot um, of stolen Egyptian stuff. Just, just like, pull that file up. Walls like Minority Report. You just got screams. Like a beautiful mind, but with cuck porn vids. <laughs> Amateur oh, three ways. Uh, no, I genuinely think that was a good thing for us. You know, I, I genuinely. I know this is like an old man. I mean, thing, it destroyed but... the porn industry in terms of money wise didn't it like mm. they used to be like rich man and then, yeah and that was the only thing that made up for the porn. fact that they were doing that shit <laughs> yeah i know I, I mean there is a sympathy there's also a, a sort of a weird i often look at that and think when you hear about when comedians moan about new gigs starting up and for less money or you know mo like whenever there's a development in comedy where you know the old guards suddenly go oh fuck you know you can't make it. in comedy yeah. it is but I, I get what they're saying because it's happened in loads of other industries and you know porn would be a good yeah but like and say look they had it there was that 90s golden era of porn where like they were making there was a, i remember there being the first million dollar movie being made yeah. like budget wise and then you know, just, just look now, it's all webcam stuff. I think that, you know, it's just totally dwindled down to being a very... Like Ron Jeremy and people... It's funny when these big porn stars, like, saw themselves as, like, real actors as well. Didn't Ron, <laughs> like, isn't Ron Jeremy? Like, he'd, he'd, he'd try and get into, like, Hollywood films thinking... Yeah. It's like, isn't, no, because of your dick stays hard yeah. for eight hours. No like, one cares about your face, mate. <laughs> I'm right in thinking Ron Jeremy is now... He got Ron only does seven. ...sexual assault or something. He's, I think he's now... Oh, on the Ron Jeremy being cancelled. I think he has got cancelled. Oh, well, I mean, there, there goes my child. It's always, the one, it's always the ones you least expect, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the little dirty looking porn. <laughs> well, like that, that was like that, that has definitely happened in porn the same way as comedy. But I would say, like, porn people deserve their money to stay more than the comedians from the definitely. 90s because the porn people have done new shit since the 90s. They're not just flogging the same video yeah, they've I mean, been doing for 30 years. Yeah, you know, we're not doing fucking 15 minute open spots while getting double ended. <laughs> to exactly. They've got a difficult job. No, some of us are, mate. All right. <laughs> Sign up to our Patreon to see Julian's <laughs> tricks. Fucking some prop of us comedians. Need the stage time, mate. <laughs> some of these promoters run a tight ship. Mate, after COVID, people are going to come back with some angles. People are going to be like, oh, fuck mate. it, I'm going to do what I've always thought about. <laughs> just, that's it. I'm going to be the guy. Is he, is he the comedian that just does it with his dick out? <laughs> oh, doesn't mention it it's just out it just, <laughs> just does bits about aeroplane food N no <laughs> reference just a knob just flapping around <laughs> starts getting hard on the encore just as the set goes on it just increases in size better than gig <laughs> just finish off with a little windmill see you later oh, goodbye everybody <laughs> God. but it is I mean ultimately 
and that is the sad truth of not the sad truth of COVID. That's probably all the dead people. But <laughs> I think the sad truth is all the, the dead sad people. truth of COVID is that some <laughs> of us are going to have to now work harder at stand up. But you know, the stand up circuit is definitely going to contract. It mm-hmm. is you know, not every gig's going to reopen. Fees are going to be down, so it's going to be harder, especially for newer comics. Mm. And like you know, I think it's it's a, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of years. I think that we're in for with a. Uh, comedians yeah. like scrabbling around for work i think i think it's great after, in a lot after, of ways. after the um like <laughs> financial crisis though they um it normally booms stuff like that i think you know for every gig that shuts there's gonna be one that opens anyway i think but I it will totally be for agree. less money is what i mean like the, the actual fact yeah of... some of them will be but some of them will be for more because like what there's, there's gonna be a huge shift over the next few years and i think like comedians are gonna get more power because we build our own shit we have our own audiences and promoters aren't the ones selling the tickets anymore in a lot of ways yeah, yeah, you know, so, like, yeah that is so definitely... we, we're gonna be able to demand more fees because we're gonna be the ones if people are coming to see you know the guys from this podcast or whatever you you're in more of a position to charge more aren't you so I think there's going to be a lot of that. But yeah, there will be a lot of like smaller boutique nights that will be nicer, um, you know. And I think yeah. I think it, there will be genuinely good things to come of this. Well, and like, we're not bit... going to be the first off the boat. Like We're not the no, ones who no, need no, to no, worry. No, no. It's the middle ground comedians. It's the Definitely. one who were clinging on before. Those are the ones who are going to be I know. Fought. And you sometimes, you know, they were due getting culled anyway. So yeah, we, We've all had the conversation in green time. rooms. <laughs> we've talked about it on here before. You know, like you can always tell a sort of... A, a, let's 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 be quite brutal and say a shit comedian um, when they let's not bring me into it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mute uh, uh, Julian. <laughs> um, but no, do you know when we about when they you, they come off? You've watched them just have a gig that you would have been like. You'd have been driving home with your like shaking your head, going pulling over just to think about it on the hard shoulder. (laughs) And they come off, and they've got a big grin on their face, and they come into the dressing room. Shadow boxing. They were nice, weren't they? And you're like, fucking hell, mate. What is your stand? What is your standard for a a decent gig? That's it. That's how they get. That's how they get by, though. Because I always wondered, like, how do they survive? Because like comedy is so brutal. If you shit at it, you get told straight away. The audience makes you feel horrible, and you deserve it because you've been rude. Because you've asked for everyone's attention and then you've been shit <laughs> it's really rude it's really rude to do I've, that i've never thought it's rude isn't it yeah you so you deserve- you got no manners mate exactly yeah. so you deserve slapping down but then like so i was always like how do they cope with that they just don't notice that's what it is they don't realize how badly like they're doing disassociate. They it's a disassociation of, of yeah of it, and it? they've not felt the top tier they've not felt what it's like to actually rip a room well that's like, the problem that- is i think they're compared they're, they're standing Standards are based on their own standards rather than I think you know you can't the whole idea of I'm not saying you got to compare yourself to others but you do a bit you do a bit on a Crowd night reaction you can on a you night you can, can tell if you've had the best gig looks like yeah you can tell if you've had the worst gig definitely like so you know if I, you know, you'll just and it always you know always everyone can have a bad gig I'm not saying mm. that but like you know if you're consistently not <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> Never had a bad one. Never had less than a ten. <laughs> Nine to four thousand. Except in time, because you always just run under. Oh yeah. Um, or a nine. <laughs> but basically, yeah, that how can you not have noticed if you're a comedian who's constantly on the lower end of how well you did in the room? It and you can't always get away with saying, Well, you know, this this is not really my sort of room. It's like well, yeah. What one of them's got to be yeah exactly yeah i do think there needs to be more people that are self-aware of their of their, i suppose it's a self-awareness of your position but that's hard in it to accept there's an ego thing where you it's very hard to accept this is my place i know but we need to isn't. tell them this is the thing everyone's know, too polite but... we need to be like mate that was shit <laughs> do you reckon that should we get that live when comedy they're fresh off the a... stage at their most sensitive you know when you walk yeah, off. yeah, yeah, yeah. just the right um, at that moment before you say anything you just gotta front it out and just go mate that was terrible give yeah. up it's that hard though awful it's awful um, no my, my plan for this though you know how every year we do the comedians comedian award and we all vote for you know the, the circuit comedian who's sort of been overlooked a hero I've it's a great thing for it at all. every year we should vote someone out as well yeah yeah, yeah. 
We should just vote. We should all vote. Whoever gets the most votes, you're out of comedy. Sorry, oh, guys. Be... Most overrated. <laughs> that'd be fucking yeah. funny. Person mo- we've almost. And because it's not going to be, it's not going to be low end. Like it's not going to be open spots because they're still you. Everyone we accept that people are sort of. You just got to start shit. You start shit. That's how it works. But it's the people that anyone who's been around for longer than I'd say. Let's let's give them a good chunk because I've I know some, I've seen comedians Six that I saw. I like that, I was say, I've seen open spots be dog shit and then see them five years later and actually I've been like they've rust they've got yeah, really yeah. really improved but. You know, let's give yeah, them six, yeah. yeah, or maybe seven or eight years just Mate. to really give them. Unless you know, they might have had a busy job, they couldn't gig much. Eight years in, if you're just still kicking around, I reckon you you get you get in. You're in for a, a, a boot. There's a there's a guy in the north we call the uh, triple electrician because he's been going long enough. He could have qualified as an electrician three times. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and should have done. <laughs> that, that yeah, is there does come a point where it's like, come on, you've got to understand that this isn't happening. And then or, they're, they're still going well, but, like, oh, how do I get on on this gig? You right. fucking don't. <laughs> this is the thing. There is definitely, a, there is a place though for people that just like doing it as a hobby. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's and not on Pro Bills on a Friday night, you know? No, no, yeah, I suppose. But if they genuinely just, if they're just getting booked because they're, you know... I do, yeah, I suppose it's like, then that's up to the bookers. The bookers have to be a bit more. Um, Some yeah. people hassle bookers, don't they, to get booked, and that's how they. I've seen careers on that. They just hassle. hassle. Oh yeah, oh, mate. This my, is... my old agent did that uh, in his career, so I hired him. <laughs> that's so good. Um, but I, because this is how, how little I hassle bookers. I did uh, when I was with brand new, like 2005, 2006. I did an open spot at the Bearcat in Twickenham, and did really well. And they said to me, and they said, oh, give us a give us a shout, we'll book you in. I emailed them about two weeks later, didn't get a reply, have never played the club again because I didn't <laughs> want to hassle them. That's a genuine thing. They they got in touch with me about a month ago to do a gig in February. And I was like, oh fucking finally. I'm back into the backup, baby. <laughs> but I genuinely, it was the yeah. fact they didn't reply to an email. I was like, oh, they probably think I'm shit and just I'm not gonna hassle them. So yeah. that was genuinely my thought process. And I just and I've just never got around to emailing them again so like i don't I'm, understand I'm like these that. people that would do a gig and then just be like when can i have a gig can i have a gig mm. every fucking month or every week yeah Ugh. i can't do that man like, it's I'm like they know where you are don't they it's like if they want you they'd ask yeah like you know every now and again if i've not worked for someone for ages i'll message them and go hey i'm still a thing but like really <laughs> who you, rarely who do you think you fucking are yeah 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 <laughs> have like, a few I've beers got, i've got kids <laughs> No, like um, I've definitely been on that end where I'm like, you know, if you, I'm not gonna fucking beg. Exactly. <laughs> like, I just, I just always assume. I always assume if they've not replied to an email, well, they think I'm shit, and that's that's the end of that. Then that'll do. I'm, I can live with that. Yeah, like that's you've got to, you've got to be able to live with that, innit? I know. Like, I always just think like I, you know, and if someone does think I'm shit, I'm like, ah, they'll see me in a bit and realise I'm not. I'm like fuck it. Well, there's always that. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I just think it's um. It's a hard one, but I was going to say that live comedy association thing. We should get them to have a HR department where you can actually just go to them and say, "Look, um, they're like, have you got a complaint about sort of uh, sexual like, misdemeanors?" You're like, "No, um, I'd like to complain about somebody being dog shit, please." <laughs> the problem <laughs> is, revoke their license. The problem is, everyone on the fucking board's a dog shit comedian. <laughs> I suppose there is that. I mean, that is the thing. They're not. You're not gonna. If I don't know who's on the board. But I, no, don't I can't remember anything. who is anymore, but I'm gonna fucking cuss <laughs> them out not, anyway. But it's not gonna be like if you're if you're a busy jobbing comedian and you've got loads of other stuff on. You're not. It's gonna not Kevin Bridges. Be, I'll tell you gonna, that. Yeah, he's not going to be a board member of a fucking. Of a it just feels not-for-profit organization. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I, I think I like, I do think it'd be nice to have. You know, I do think they're what they're trying. I do think they're trying to do the right thing. I think it's a good idea, but yeah. I just, I don't trust comedians enough to ever ha- think it will have much of an impact. It's not even the comedians I worry about. You know, like with that, with that group, like it was a, you know, it's a thing. I, I don't trust it at all because it was set up without comedians, and then comedians were brought in as an afterthought. Like there was publicists on the board before yeah. there was a comedian involved. That. But they are. I mean, that is part of the comedy world. I do. I do. The think problem with the problem with that is ego about this, and like, yeah, actually, like there are we're a big, like, you know, it's a there's a symbiotic sure. relationship between everyone. Not with PRs though. PRs are parasitic. That's the difference. PRs actively work against everyone who doesn't pay for them. Yes. PRs have been a massive barrier in That's my true, career, actually. and they have yeah. held people like me and people with less privilege than me back 
and my entire career. And the fact that they're considered an integral part of comedy, that this barrier, this shortcut for rich people is yeah. integral to comedy. Fuck off, it's yeah. not. Comedy I, 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 would again, be better without all of them. If PRs left, comedy would carry on just fine, but better. But do you not I think, think, it, I think I, in Edinburgh, the, it's dying a bit, isn't it? The PR mm, thing. I think so, Good. Yeah. But PR is a thing. And, it's just advertising, really, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah. It. It's more that it's the way they work specifically within the comedy industry. I don't think PR is inherently a bad industry, and I don't think PRs are inherently bad. I think the way they work within the current comedy industry that is dying and will move out has been bad. That's, you know, that's my... I suppose, yeah, I'm always, again, I, I find myself, I almost find it impossible to give a shit about. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like when people talk about class in comedy, mm. which I know is something you've, I mean, something you've discussed, and it's something like, I, sh I should be something that really bothers me, but, you know, I, I, I can't give a shit. I genuinely find it hard. did. It like it did bother me more when I first started, particularly when I really like ran into those walls. I was like, because I was like, you know, like I was dead arrogant about it. I was like, ah, I'm dead funny. I'll be fine. I'll fucking fly through. I'll be on telly in two weeks. And then I just hit this wall of what the industry is, and I was like, oh fuck, right, this is close to me. So I got really angry yeah. about it. But now I've just realised there's a little way you can just walk around that wall and just make your own shit, and yeah. you don't need it. So I, I worry about it a lot less now. Like I also know, think like in terms of the discussions, also forget that. When people say like you know it's a it's a obviously TV producers there's there's never been it's TV production has never been a industry that hasn't been middle class and upper middle class right it's always been yeah. so that's never that's never shocked me um, and then you know in terms of comedy being quite a middle class endeavor mm. you know it's again it's sort of all the alternative comedians came out of the best universities all that they they all were part of a sort of they yeah. had a they they came out of footlights and all things like that that's just the way it was so I, I i've always just thought it's a posh person thing and just anyone yeah. who does it that i like i just think we're sort of outliers so i've done it so I've, that's why i suppose i've never ever felt like um it's a ma major issue so i just thought it was like the rest of society in it it's weighted towards wealth oh yeah it's not like it's a, a thing unique to us you know like th th there's a load of issues within comedy that people treat as comedy issues that are societal issues yeah, that exactly. we just have we actually look at like we actually examine and kick off about that's yes. the difference i think I do, but, yeah, yeah i suppose i just always find like the discussions get done every year especially around edinburgh time and mm -hmm. all that and i always think like it's, this is literally just society and, and every every year at edinburgh people. someone puts a microphone in my face and we talk for an hour <laughs> and then they pick out the two minutes where i've kicked off about class in comedy it happens every fucking year yeah, and i'm not yeah, doing yeah. it anymore was like, a really, that was a really good um speech thing you like that was yeah, really thanks. good what you said i thought I was pleased with that, and the reaction was great. I like I did a big kickoff like it was either last year or the year before. I can't remember, but like with like Joe, and it went like mini viral, and uh, it was dead funny though because like I just I spent the rest of the festival walking around with like TV producers and that giving me daggers. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, man. I wa I walked into like the Dave party to go pick up my mate. I wasn't hanging about because I fucking hate those parties. I walked in and I just saw daggers. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like you know, I've 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 never coveted anything like that, and that's the thing. Like you've got to realize that. Um, um, that, those things only really affect you if you want what they've got to give, and I don't. I don't want to yeah. be on panel shows. Or if you let it affect you, same as anything in life. Yeah, you know, it, it sometimes is. I feel. I think that's what my thing is. I just don't really let anything bother me. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm a real angry dude, but I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm trying to do that a lot more. Be a bit more read zen. Some, read some of uh, some Buddhist teachings mate that's the yeah. thing it's, it's all you know if you're upset it's you're upset they ain't, they ain't changing nothing in it that's i mean the model of an edinburgh is difficult isn't it for someone who hasn't but it's got, always again like, it's always been fun. the case the fact that it's got easier yeah. things like the free fringe is a is a development the free fringe is good yeah yeah but that wasn't there wasn't the free fringe like 15 20 years ago it used to be even yeah. more of a closed yeah. shop yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, like, it was also, but it was also when it was more of a closed shop, it was also a lot smaller and it was a lot easier for that big investment to pay off. You know, it was a lot yes. easier for you to actually get somewhere. If you're one of 200 comedians, it's a lot easier to make an impact when you're one of 3,000 like yeah, it is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, so, that's our fault for all wanting to do it, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, look, and, yeah. This is it. Like, it, and like, you are right. Things have got better, but they were really fucked in the past. And like, look, the the, yeah, um, yeah. the the way the industry's transforming now, though, it's fucking beautiful. Like, everything's becoming way more egalitarian. I you can just is, start. Yeah. You can just make your own shit. Mo Gilligan got a Netflix special out of ultimately. He started off just filming himself on his phone. Yeah, I know. You know, like that, that's. Let's be honest. Very funny videos. I this is I it. Love his, I love it. So funny, man. And that's it. Like now, if you are funny as fuck and you have a phone, you can make it online you know yeah, you can yeah, do that yeah. and like that that's awesome so that, that's the fucking future and that's why i've like i've like detached from like the industry sort of side of comedy yeah, you yeah. just don't need to do it anymore you just don't need to engage with that yeah. so now if you are like now you won't catch me complaining about the fringe and that because like i just won't do it if that, i don't need to anymore there's yeah, no yeah, yeah. you know there's no necessity there so yeah. fuck it do you think though that this is again and this isn't trying to be like devil's advocate this is yeah it is you I, love this like, shit i don't mate <laughs> um, you're the colleen nolan of this podcast <laughs> 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 Loose uh, men. Um, do you? Is there a danger? I suppose the, the answer is probably I'm going to answer it myself. But um, of saying now, everyone can bypass it. Will open it up for dog shit to be successful? Because like, they, as much as I'm saying, like you know. Obviously, if there's an audience for it, and people are liking it. But you know, like you go, yeah. you see, like TikTok or something like that. You open TikTok, and it's basically a billion people doing the same joke, and mm. one gets people lip syncing stand up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, so and, like, it, and it's huge, and like so, you don't need talent to be successful on TikTok. You no, just don't. Well, that's what I mean. This is the thing with even though there was issues with the model of comedy and going through Edinburgh and all that, mm. and people moan about somebody getting on fucking mock the week and they've only been going a few years but they're still going to be of a level that is better than other people that have been going a few years and you know Mm. they're still going to have proven themselves at gigs then at edinburgh you know even if it might not be what you like or whatever there was a quality control whereas the zero quality control and just some person ripping people off and doing some dog shit ideas on tiktok and getting famous you're basically you're allowing total dog shit to become really popular yeah, but you're allow- you're allowing everything that chance, and that's just sort of the price you pay. Whereas before, it was like all the comedians competing for six spots on a panel show. Now yeah. you can have a hundred people have a successful career, and you know most of them will be suppose. shit. But they'll you still know. be less successful than some bloke. But if doing there's some an audience crap. for it, it means that people like it, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah but people are fucking morons. That's what I mean. You're yeah. basing, any, basing anything on public opinion has always been. Yeah. But it's it's it, yeah, but it's the public's right to see what they want, isn't exactly. it? Whether yeah. we like it or not, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. fashion or music. You know, the the most popular song in the world would probably be like shit some shit pop song wouldn't it yeah, or whatever this is it and I'll, I'll have it on in my car mate you love a bit of dog shit <laughs> that's the future mate i'm like this is the problem like right now i am bored of being a video editor i never wanted to be this like this is the downside of the other route in comedy is you've got to learn to do a lot of shit yourself yeah, and do that's, it that's yeah, the, yeah that is the problem actually is I think. yeah because i'm now a graphic designer a video editor and all this sort of shit and it's constant and it's a load of work but the end goal is complete freedom it's complete yeah, yeah, creative yeah. freedom it's complete control of your career so it's you know it's worth the graft but it's yeah it's fucking knackering i'd spend every day just making clips and shit it's just boring yeah yeah i never wanted to have a fucking desk job and i've kind of ended up with one but well, that's moment. it isn't it that's what i've always been like that's but that's also the way with like a lot of big once comedians like who get super successful actually i've got a few mates that you know became massive mm. And their lives are great. Yeah, they're making loads of money, but ultimately they ended up work. Their workload yeah. got to a point where it felt like a real job, which is the opposite to what I got in. I got into comedy because I, lo- I fell in love with it when I first saw it, and then I was like, I want to do that. And it wanted. Yeah. It felt like some sort of travelling, fucking yeah. Wilbury thing, where you just show up in a town and make some funnies and then go home and like. And to me, yeah, I've always just sort of felt like, oh, fuck, now that they've made it look like work. Kevin Hart's a CEO rather than a comedian, yeah, isn't he? He's yeah, the yeah, perfect yeah. example. Yeah, Although, yeah. to be fair, did you say this was so fucking funny? You know, Kevin Hart's got a new special out that he filmed in his living room, right? It's it's called 
it's called no fucks given right someone uh, someone like someone tweeted without tagging kevin hart that they thought it was shit and he like quote tweeted it going like yeah well fucking blah, blah, blah. mate you called your special no fucks given you can't be searching yeah. for your own name after that yeah. but <laughs> you can't be doing that it's the old ricky gervais thing people think ricky gervais is the king of that isn't he yeah he goes, Google what you think. Kevin Hart. here's everyone's complaints <laughs> yeah. about me and why they're wrong yeah i don't give a fuck what anyone thinks except for my, i've got a google fucking alert for every time somebody tweets about me i know man. i find it gotta fascinating let that shit that, go. i know but there's certain like you that's there the, i always find that, that that's what drives them in a way i guess that's it because you know, like... you'd think there's got to be a point where you give up on that you've got to, can you not just be successful enough that you don't genuinely don't care what people that don't like you yeah, just like twick at me in my mansion give a fuck like, yeah it's the old um jason manford's got a great bit he hasn't that used to like years ago he used to have it like remember this, ago, yeah the football bit where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. people say like 50 you know, grand a week you can shout what you want at me yeah yeah, yeah. people go it's really horrible when people swear at comedians he'd be like he'd be on the pitch for an hour afterwards just clapping going yep just keep shouting it guys you should see my mum's house <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah no totally like i, I totally believe that I, I would like to think i'd get to that i mean i already don't give a fuck but like you know sometimes a comment will get you sometimes you'll see something you're like oh just fuck up the ones that annoy me the most are like never the ones where they're like oh you're a fucking stupid cunt you shit whatever because i don't care like that's just someone who doesn't julian's late night yeah exactly comment, yeah. Like, all right julian sprees. chill out mate <laughs> we that, know like... it's you behind that avatar. <laughs> julian's got the guts to text it straight to you to be yeah exactly yeah 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 he'll fucking phone me we'll have it out <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's the one the ones that annoy me are the, like the little busybody ones where they're like either give me advice or they're like tell me where i've gone wrong or like try and correct me on something i'll like, just fuck off i don't give a shit what you think like yeah, those yeah, ones yeah. are annoying no, it's so fucking arrogant of them isn't it yeah. oh, oh actually God. at three minutes what i think you should have done i think fucking drown yourself i yeah, don't give yeah, a shit yeah. <laughs> But it happens, yeah. man. Like, and it's it's weird what kicks off. Like, I've um, I've I've been having um, like it's it's weird with that. You've just got to learn to get over it, though. You've got to learn to separate and just realize all these people in the world exist. At least seventy percent of them will fucking hate my comedy, but thirty percent of them will love it, and I just need to find them. And it's a filtering yeah, yeah. process. And like every time someone comments that they fucking hate it, that's just filtering someone out. Hold the herd, innit? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just mute, man. Like I am so brutal with the mute button. If oh, I see mate. one thing I don't like from you online, you are muted. I will never I, see anything from you I'm again. A big, I'm a big muter as well. I, got I love it. They're howling lockdown, into the void. During lockdown, um, I went on a quite a ruthless comedian muting spree <laughs> with uh, any comedian that just just annoyed me. Not annoyed. Not even annoyed me. Do you know what it is? Because I don't. I'm not getting annoyed with what they're saying. But any comedian who, if I opened Twitter twice in the space of a week and I saw them do a moany tweet about something, mm. I was like, that's it, mate. You're out. That's a I red don't need part. that for online from comedians. It does piss me off when comedians online are like really unfunny and like miserable. <laughs> it's like, I, did, I didn't follow you that's to true. hear about you being depressed, did I? I, I followed oh, no, you for no. jokes. I'm sorry. Like, keep it, keep that on Facebook, right? On Twitter, yeah, yeah. you've got to be fucking pumping out gags. I don't give a shit about your personal keep, life. So. Keep that it's it's okay to not be okay. It's, like, it's fucking not if you're a comic. <laughs> like, be okay. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think it's okay to not be okay. I just don't totally. think. I don't think anyone's saying otherwise. We're currently in a global who's, who's pandemic, a recession. Exactly. No yeah. one, no one is currently argument. expecting you to be all fucking flowers. No, you, why are you being so miserable? You have to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you kind of do on the timeline. I mean, like, just what? filter it out of your tweets is what your, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It's your job to ultimately to entertain or try or just say something funny. Well, and yeah. people treat, and then... tweet, tweet, like, comedians like who treat Twitter like a, just a diary. Oh, my God. And they're just like... I'm sad today. I had my cornflakes and then I cried watching Taggart. Yeah. And Brilliant. then they get loads of attention and it's like it's like the fake Facebook posts, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sad or just Send some memes. I'm having a bad day. Send cat pictures. Send cat pictures. <laughs> Google it. You're but 45, mate. Into Google. You've, got, you've got kids and you're fucking and you're a grown-up. <laughs> Go and oh. see your kids, mate. Honestly, I, I find that sort of... Um, yeah infantilization of grown-ups where yeah just that inability to just if you're sad right imagine you have a really bad moment mm. um the inability to just go and have a sit down and have a have it out with yourself 
have a cry if you want. Fucking do whatever you yeah, want. I'm and a crier, with, man. The, the ability to deal with that without telling the world is like yeah. gone. Like so many people don't like don't have that ability anymore, and it's that isn't that isn't like this whole thing about you. You should talk to people. I, I, I agree, you should talk to somebody. Call your mate. Call your mum. Fucking speak to a doctor. Send a DM. I mean, the fact yeah. the point the point is, is you're not that, talking that, to somebody by shouting it into the world. And the point is, it's not that it's getting on my nerves. It's that it's not helping them. Absolutely it's like putting not. a plaster on a bullet wound. And also, like, it's, it's creating a new problem because then yeah, they're going like to associate. They're getting attention from being sad. And it's not actually dealing with the, the fucking cause. Well, like, why, and, totally. It's why so many people some therapy, now, speak their, to someone. their identity is there. Take my but... number out of your phone. You know, stuff, <laughs> pra- practical. Pra- small practical steps. Yeah, small yeah, yeah. steps. Never call me again. <laughs> but, but, no, but that idea that your sort of, your um, your mental health problems are your identity. Is oh, such, man. It's, it's perpetuating it, living. yeah. It's so bad, man. It's so insidious online, the amount of people who are like, I'm the depressed guy yeah, and it's like yeah, that yeah, is yeah, not, yeah. don't be there is, don't, a, there don't is a way out that. of it you know what i mean I you're a guy who is depressed at the moment is how you should look at yeah. it it's not yeah. it's not your whole thing last life isn't going great you're a bit sad for a little while and yeah. there is like chemical depression but there's also you know options with that isn't there you know well, I mean? the chemical depression is still fixable like it's not forever you know your mm. brain is a muscle it changes over time this is it like the yeah more, yeah Sad and shit your life is the more chance you'll get in depression because you get into that mind your brain is physically Sometimes responding tough to the world love is, is the best way just say oh fucking shut up <laughs> i'll fucking do it then jump go on <laughs> i don't i don't think that is uh, the best way of communicating it but i do think there is I'd something love to see my, my... You like a suicide counselor julian <laughs> my mate did come to me um he was I mean, he's. He, Why did they choose I, you of all I know, people? I know him very. I know him very well. But he, and I said to him, I'll drive him there. I'll drive to Beachy Head. Um, uh, but he just laughed about. It. I just made fun of it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the next yeah. day, that can help right. sometimes, man. He's like, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like that's definitely. You know, he knows that I mates. care. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. Like I'd, be, just, I'd be way more well, depressed if someone was serious. You. I don't think it helps. It don't. No, it I certainly don't. wouldn't with me. Yeah, totally. And like the, the sort of uh, taboo with mental issues. And you know, I speak. So I was like bad depressed for years when I was like a teenager into my early twenties. You know, it's a long time ago now. But I was like peak depressed for years and years and years. And the thing that's like I feel like there's a bit of a taboo about it is you've got a in a way, start making a choice to start getting better with Definitely. it. You, you can't just, like, um, like when I improved the material circumstances of my life, I gradually got less depressed. You know, yes. I moved out of the situation that was making me so depressed. Yeah. I got myself out of poverty. And those aren't the only causes, obviously. There is a chemical level, but they make it a lot fucking easier to it's be happy. healthy if you sort those things out and, like, oh, work on yeah. yourself and don't just... It was, it was a choice I made. I went, I'm going to start getting better now. And it's not like it's a linear progress, and it's not like that, that overnight you fine it's just that it's when you get in those pits you go i've got to get out of this rather yeah, than going yeah. i'm in this forever you know and you also, have to have the, like the strength of character to make a lot of the time it's an inside job isn't it but a lot of the time it is circumstance yeah yeah, yeah. Like outside so you, can, you yeah but you can make some changes you've got to change it that's the thing like but people you know, are addicted to whinging and being a, once they get a nice warm hug on the internet from being a victim it's like they get addicted to that you yeah, know what yeah. i mean and then even when they're all right they're they're on there being a victim it's like becomes their identity but yeah, yeah. and, and how they get attention that thing sometimes i i've heard it said that it's insensitive to say to somebody who's depressed that they should you know go for a walk go for i mean a there is a time and the like place that. just to be there with them and yes. exactly, yeah and you know if someone's just lost their mum yeah, they go, oh, I'll probably do a bit on, of exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's all... Try some meditating, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but in terms of like... Try headspace. But imagine you've got a friend who's... <laughs> Download red... Do some yoga, mate. Yeah, have you heard about Adrienne? <laughs> She's fit. You know, there is a time and a place there is to yeah. be there with them and yes. feel sure. like be, go there with their pain and like yeah, yeah, yeah. help Absolutely. and just pity them there is a time yeah, to yeah. feel sorry for someone and they need that always but, but but you know not but, like but if you exercise right and you eat right it will make you well that's what better. i mean if you go yeah. to yeah, visit 100%. your friends and they're depressed and their flat is a shit you know, it's all messy they're mm-hmm. sitting on the sofa all day in a dressing gown eating pizza mm-hmm. you know and they, and they're saying oh yeah i'm just too it depressed to like go out and it's like, situation. But, you need, but you need to say to them look but you don't understand it you're even- living in heaven bro <laughs> 
<laughs> you should see my place. <laughs> How are you depressed in here? <laughs> Kicking takeaway boxes out you the You need way. a PlayStation 5 t- is what you need. <laughs> You're totally right. I did this in the middle of like the last lockdown. I got I started getting really miserable. And like, obviously, look, like up at, through this, it's, you know, all bets are off. I had like, you know, peaks and troughs constantly. But in like one of the worst bits of like the first lockdown, I was waking up at like one in the afternoon. I like, was yeah. barely seeing any of the fucking day. I was eating shit. I wasn't doing, like, I wasn't going anywhere or doing any exercise or whatever. I started just, you know, doing, doing a little bit and eating better. And yeah, it made me feel better. It's amazing. 100%. Sleeping. Like, if somebody says they're depressed and like, you ask them about their sleeping pattern. Often, like the, the, the it's obviously a two way thing, and like mm. one affects the other, and they're not sleeping, and the tiredness is always going to make their moods worse. And you know, it's just you've got they've got you know, it's about trying to make your situation as like what's the word, sort of stress free as possible, possible to allow yourself to try and get out of the funk. Obviously, like, look, it's not possible for everyone to escape the situation that makes them sad. But, like, there is always a little something you can be doing. Just a little something, you know. And just, it's about, like, making those steps. And, yeah, I think, like, the the discussion about mental health has become very weird. Because, like, mental health, as a, like, a phrase has become so vague. And, like, yeah, people yeah. use it to mean sad now. People say, and oh, it, yeah, this is affecting my mental health. No, it's upsetting yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. isn't your, that is mentally healthy to be upset and by that harsh thing. It's belittling to real mental health people as well with Definitely. actual mental health. This you is know, it. People actual saying, depression. I can't actual go to work today, but I'm having a bad mental health day. It's like, hang on. You're just you, sad yeah, today. Did you get yeah. shit face last night and you feel a bit hungover? And they're like, no, obviously my mental health. Like, yeah, okay. if you did, if okay. you did, a, if you did a gram of cocaine two days ago, don't talk to me about being depressed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And look, look, I've been that guy. <laughs> I'm not coming from a moral high ground yeah. here. But yeah, if you did a lot of pingers at the weekend, yeah, you're going to be miserable on Wednesday. Like when I was, I was on you're antidepressants. You're going to feel vulnerable on Wednesday. Yeah, but for you, yeah, I was on antidepressants <laughs> for ages. And then if you actually looked at it, it's like, were you in a relationship that you weren't actually, wasn't really working, you weren't happy, you weren't happy with where you were living. Like there was yeah. just so many circumstances that, you know, I would be, I would sort of, if you once I sorted those out, it made me gave me a window of opportunity to sort of work my head out and get off medication like i needed i had to move away from london with me like i went down to uni in london and i was like a bit isolated and i was skin and like i wasn't coping because it turns out i like i'm adhd i had no idea at the time so i was just like everything was spiral i didn't know how to fucking be so i was just like staying in my room all day every day reading because i didn't have a telly and not seeing anyone but i was like i'm in london and i'm living the dream and then as soon as i moved back to the north and like just chilled out for a bit and uh then yeah i had the opportunity to not be really depressed and it got yeah. a lot better you know but uh yeah you know all better now fucking oh, fine now changes time that's why you gotta make you've got to make a change are you just gonna What's quote that Michael song? Jackson song? <laughs> you has gone mental, everyone. Nah, the... <laughs> are we going for life advice off Michael you do, Jackson? You do have to make we're... a change, though. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, Michael did to so the age of consent. <laughs> oh man, don't say that Michael Jackson's a P though. You know his fans are mental online know, still. Man, if you mention um... that, people go like, "Do you have any evidence?" I mean, like, I mean, I've got a hunch. I've heard people. Um, I know, don't get me wrong. I think the uh, the media aspect of this might might fall into this, but I've heard people. It's like when somebody has point, has made a joke about Michael Jackson being a paedophile. Has uh, somebody said that's it's a it's racist to uh, you know? It's so just which race? Which about, one is he? <laughs> but also, like you know, racist against really white my, people. <laughs> my view on paedophiles is is I would say almost uh, non non Colourless. unrelated to any. When it comes to nonces, I don't see color. I don't. Yeah. It's, I know. I know. That's uh, yeah. It's, I mean, most <laughs> most nonces have been white, haven't they? Overwhelmingly, yeah. Like, we are. We do. Have, we have cornered the market. I mean, there are a few. Like, like on this, Africa Bambata brought one back for uh, the black team. So you know, how, um, how what was his? Um, what was his? I think his crack. was teenagers. I think he was fiddling teenagers. I might okay. be wrong on that. Just want to check which. 
you know, is he is he which league he's in? I think he is a championship so leader, he's, he's but he's Premier definitely then. he's in the he's professional, <laughs> but he's not quite. You know, he's not he's not top of the Premier League. Yeah, he's, he's not, not in the Champions Sunday League. league. Uh, he's just grooming someone online. He's, uh, he's uh, he has moved into the championship. Yeah, um, but I believe he's in the professional tiers. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> It is like, I mean, he's not the Boston guy from Lost Profits. No, oh guys. man, Ian, uh, I mean, Ian Watkins has built a dynasty at that club. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Pep Guardiola, isn't he? He's oh, the God. Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> Undefeated, yeah, Jesus. I um, I told a story on a, I did, I, I was on a football podcast called The Fighting Cock. It's a Tottenham podcast, it's great. Go on it now and again. Uh, and I, t- I, don't, I, we were chatting, and they, were, I reminded, I, I was reminded of something I did, which is, I don't know if I ever told on here about when I wore, I, I've got this T-shirt. There's a, there's a New York, uh, jazz poetry hip hop group called the Lost Poets. Right? It sounds wanky. They basically influenced. I'm aware of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they influenced every hip hop act wanky. of the last thirty years, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been going since the late sixties. And uh, they, I've got a T-shirt with the Lost Poets. It's just a black T-shirt, white wording. Man down <laughs> on the like back. Looking like you as well. But I just fallen I, I never, soldier written on the back. But I walked down the street wearing this Lost Poets T-shirt. On what happened? To, I didn't know this. It was the day that the lead singer of the Lost Prophets got convicted of <laughs> ma- numerous counts of paedophilia. And I just kept seeing people double take at me. And you're, like, it looks I like you're a fan, like supporting him. I still believe. Listen- <laughs> Outside court, the only one. <laughs> Watkins is innocent. And I just, I had no idea. Babies about... are rubbish anyway. <laughs> but people that were baby looking, was lying. Man. The amount of looks I got was brutal. And I was just like, what is wrong with you? I was looking in a mirror. I was that checking baby my baby was lying. <laughs> Don't believe all babies. We've not heard his side of it. She was wearing a minion already. She had makeup on. Yeah, what was this baby wearing? <laughs> That's the first question. Oh, come on now. Come on now, team. I mean, to be honest, I think his side of the story was, yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, he don't, <laughs> like, I don't think he was shy about it, was he? No, he's not a good man, I don't he's think. He's really bad. But anyway, well, it turns out I walked down, I basically well. walked down the street wearing a supportive T-shirt of him on the day he got put in prison. Uh, free a, Rolf Harris on the back of it. But oh, the, the Michael Jackson thing, though, I saw a psychologist break down the evidence. Not, I'm not like... <laughs> Oh, here we fucking go. Saying he didn't do it. But there there isn't any... I mean, he didn't get done in court, though, did he? Yeah, but, like, just because the American justice system isn't good. I don't know if you've watched any documentary on Netflix, but, like, it doesn't... He did make multiple uh, out-of-court settlements to Yeah. Which I think... I mean, again, there's no... You can't say he wasn't ever convicted of anything, so I do think, you know, it is all speculation. But it's good speculation. <laughs> it's it's not honest. it's not baseless speculation. No, the, the, it's not. I mean, Jimmy look, Savile, I think, is uh, it's a fact, isn't it? I mean, look, he didn't get he didn't get his day in court. He didn't get to defend himself. His, yeah. yeah, just because yeah, just, I mean, somebody didn't get their day. In, it's that thing. So yeah, sometimes it, you can sort of put. But there's overwhelming. Enough. There's yeah. overwhelming evidence for Jimmy Savile, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. I don't think there. are I don't know if there is for MJ, is there? I don't think I don't think it's as uh, it's not as numerous. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, there's those two prolific. dancers that did the documentary, but there's there's, there's a, there's mean, a few more been who've been trying to get money. Settlements. There's yeah, been there's, there's been a few more people that got paid off. But the settlement yeah. thing, though, it's like that isn't. I mean, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look great, but <laughs> yeah. it could also lawyer or something. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say to be honest with you, if you have an eight year old boy sleeping in your bed who isn't your child, I mean, the right? parents I don't care are if you don't fuck. Up. I don't care if you don't fuck him. You're still a nonce. Like at that <laughs> yeah. point, if you've got an I eight mean, year old boy, and that in eight year old boy is a pervert as well. I think, you get, I think you should get some merch made up with that quote. <laughs> I don't care if you don't fuck him. You're still a nonce. <laughs> <laughs> at what point do you become a nonce i know like, is it like first base is that like that's you know? I, I agree i think actually it's the can... thought of fucking first it's the first millimeter yeah, yeah. I think, nonce, yeah. Isn't it? 
and, and I don't, I don't give a the shit. The one drop people, nonce theory. When people say like, yeah, but you know, he's actually, he was like a little boy himself. I'm like, that doesn't. No, he wasn't. All right. He was an adult man with mental issues who fucked kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just like for someone who didn't fuck kids, he had a lot of like security and bells around his doors when he had little kids in that room. You know, he had like a series oh, of yeah, bells. Yeah, yeah, he did have that, didn't he? He did have the there bells, a, didn't he? A, but he was just like a little boy himself who set if he up wasn't a nonce there's a lot of coincidences little boys don't him. even little boys don't fuck other little boys though do they <laughs> <laughs> oh god man i was really thought this one we might we, we got through about 50 minutes without mentioning pedos when i was a little boy i never once you know what i mean it's like uh, no i mean like uh yeah did, did you ever have like I, whenever i hear stories of like young lads being like oh me and all uh me and all but when we were like 13 we put on some porn we'd all have a wank what are you doing like soggy biscuit and that that never happened with me. I, it blows my mind yeah that like, it's, it's such a common story i'm gonna, as well, I'm gonna be here. quiet through this one <laughs> Status quo used to like this is right. I saw an interview with status quo once where they were like, Peer oh, pressure. What, what are some wild stories from the road? And they were like, Oh, once, right? We got a projector and projected porn onto a building opposite our hotel, and we all sat in a room and have a wank together. That so it's like, not, what, you, what, that's not, that's not rock, rock and roll, roll story at all. <laughs> no, that's four middle aged dudes having a wank in a travel lodge. That's, that's just <laughs> sad. Having a wank with your mates, it's disgusting. Wild days, mate. Yeah, and it's not just any mates. Your mates are the other members of status quo. <laughs> You've got to remember oh, this. Oh, that's gross, man. Fucking knock your one out with Rick Parfit, Jesus. That is, um, yeah, that is not, um, that's not on, is it? No, I've, I've always, always, about I've always kept it a solo, a solo activity, Definitely. personally. It's because it's shameful. <laughs> well, it's it should disgusting. be if you do it right. Yeah. It's part of the fun. <laughs> You've got to get into all your gear, innit, before doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking on my props to a fucking You've got to be mortified if you get caught. That's the type of wanks I like. Yeah, have you ever been caught? <laughs> um, have I? I have actually, yeah, once. Where, who by? My my girlfriend. And, and I, so I was, I was, the computer's there in front of me. Um, so here, and the hallway is on the right of the computer. Yeah. So, so you go, it's a right down there. Mm. Yeah, so... So it's the hallway's dark. So oh. she, she had the whole walk of the hallway <laughs> and then appeared out the light. And, and I just, as I was knocking one out and although she, you know, I was with her for years and like, I shouldn't have been in, I just had to laugh it. Mm. I just literally just cried laughing. Yeah. But she walked over she to the cried. tea and started making tea. But she was Stirring confused. Tea. Why was, it why wasn't was... fun. It was like, she was just making a tea, like just a bit confused about it. About what she'd seen. Um, did she see what you were looking at? Awful. Did you see? Did she um, see what you no. were watching? I mean, it was pretty standard stuff. It weren't like it was regulation. Gear. I mean, that is definitely a big factor in it. If you <laughs> yeah, no one watching. was being suffocated. Yeah. <laughs> but there, but it is a little bit of jealousy about what you're watching, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. With, uh, if you get caught, I think for some people, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I got caught by but one girlfriend. But it was the only time I've ever been caught. But like I got caught by a flatmate once when I was at uni. Like just walked into my room in the middle oh, of the afternoon. He woke up. Yeah, but like I had caught him a couple of weeks previously, so I don't know if it was like a revenge mission. Oh, definitely. He was. Yeah. He had a stethoscope against your door. Yeah, he was every fucking time weird. He, he was a fucking right mad con. I fucking hated living with him. He would sing constantly. He was a like a fucking music oh. student. And he'd sing every morning really loud, sit his piano and sing so oh, yeah. loud. It was like a house I'd moved into with people oh, I didn't know. And then like when I called him out on it, it was like, but my singing is social. Everyone enjoys it. And I went, I hate to fucking break this to you. Oh, mate. Jesus Christ. Oh, that God. Was... <laughs> that was when I was <laughs> my depressed. My singing is social. <laughs> oh, my God. What a cunt he was. If you're watching, by the way, you're still a cunt. <laughs> God, I fucking hated that. I lived with... Um... Faye Tracy, who's a lovely human being, yeah, yeah, I love and Faye. she's a great singer and she can play yeah, music. Yeah. Um, but we we would wake up in Edinburgh and uh, she'd be playing the carrot, just practicing playing a carrot. Like the, yeah, the butternut squash. She, but it was it was quite a cutting sound. You're not, no, no, you're not allowed to play vegetables in the morning in Edinburgh. It was mate. a part of her yeah. show, so she'd be practicing. Oh, okay, um, but it was quite a um, like a, like a, a Donald walk. Duck kind of sound. 
Um, Go stand next to a fucking bagpiper. Like there's enough cunts making noise at the Edinburgh Festival. You don't need a carrot player in your fucking kitchen, do you? <laughs> it's a funny one that Edinburgh. Like because it's Edinburgh. Obviously, everyone's tired and emotions are high so things like can just annoy you uh, I, I say like Faye's lovely like it, it, just the nicest person can annoy you I want yeah but a, Mother Teresa could be playing a carrot while I'm asleep and I'll be fucking furious <laughs> but even and what I mean is that it'll be heightened by the Edinburgh yeah, yeah. I once um had... yeah yeah and as, as it as the Edinburgh goes on like middle of week two or three yeah, yeah, yeah. just like oh that's when things start really fraying fucking... my yeah. first ever proper Edinburgh 2006 yeah. I went and did the free fringe and uh um, um, I, I, just, I was in a house, me, Chris Martin, uh, I think it was Benny Boot, it was Sean James, and it was Yanni Ajizlu. And it was just like, it's Sean had sorted the Ajizlu. house. Ajizlu? Ajizlu, is that how you say it? I think that's how you say his surname. No idea, I'm not even going to attempt it. Years, actually. I call him Yanni. Yeah, but um, <laughs> he, he basically... Um, he was a real early morning guy, and I was I no was, excuse for it in a comedian. My first ever fringe. I was out all night, just shit faced. The, the gigs were like fun, but they were sort of. I was just this little. I was like a kid caught up in something I'd never experienced before. Mm. And like every morning, I'd, I'd sort of roll into the kitchen. I'd, I'd be like deaf, and I'd sit at a table, and Yanni would be there eating his cereal, and he was always chipper and really nice, and like, hey, my yeah, 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 and then. Basically, every morning, I think I just looked at him like I was going to murder him, right? And after about five days, uh, he was he, he was trying a bit out from his set, like his show that he'd, he'd written. Oh. He started trying it on me while eating cereal, and he was all happy and chatting. And I swear, I must have looked at him so aggressively. <laughs> he deserved it, to be fair. Because he just, no, but he's, he's, he was just, he was on a different, at that point, he was happy and up and ready and to go. And I was just sad and depressed and like hung over. And like a stopped. comedian. <laughs> he stopped and went, and he went, Carl, mate, I think we need to have a chat. And I was like, what? And he went, look, I know you don't like me. <laughs> he just gave me this proper talking to him. Like, I know you don't like me, but we're living together. So I think you should make an effort. And he gave me a real talking to him. And I had to basically say to him, look, mate, I do like you, but it is the morning. And I have physically got not got any endorphins in my brain. So I don't have the ability to smile right now. Yeah. I said, that's nothing to do. It's just you're happy and up and I'm not yet. And it was totally just a different wavelength thing. Yeah, no, but that's brutal. There's nothing more annoying than someone being happy when you're hungover. I know. And then confronting you. But to his credit, it basically had been like a week I of mean, me probably... I, I was very honest of him, innit? It, yeah, like, I mean, I had been rude it's, every it's morning. It's better than doing that than going to bitch about you down the meadows or something. <laughs> you know I mean? In the loft bar. Oh, here he's coming. He's coming anyways. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the show going. Good numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was like that. That's how I did Edinburgh for a number of years. Was just drink every day, all day, every day, and then yeah, you see the people like because there's like two shifts, isn't there? There's all the people who get up in the morning, have a green tea, and go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. And like those people can fuck off. Like oh, they're doing, normally they're the people that are doing like <laughs> eight shows in a day, and they're like, yeah, well, my I first show is a kids show at oh, eleven. I was like, doing six shows out. a day, starting at one p.m., but then I was oh, drinking every day yeah. as well. Like, yeah, I like I uh I, d I did an Edinburgh once. Well, where like I some of them were like compilation shows. Yes, like I was doing compilations and double headers. So I was doing about three and a half, four hours on stage every day. Yeah, I, like um, Whoa, I was drinking I was a bottle of whiskey a day as and well, and not any other gigs. Yeah, and oh, even no. then, Julia, you weren't doing over thirty minutes. <laughs> I was doing my Edinburgh thirty-three minutes, <laughs> and then going home. <laughs> I did like, come in at like 36 once oh, for, an so for an hour. I mean, it weren't the best. I, I, I went over a few times, to be fair. Yeah. The shot, the, have you ever had like a proper bad on the run like that? My first ever 20 minutes, I did 12 because uh, I was dying so hard. I was supporting Chris Ramsey in Newcastle at a secret gig at the stand. And... They did not want to see me. I was oh. Jason Cook was emceeing, so it's like Geordie Legend, like going to introduce yeah, another Geordie yeah, Legend, yeah. and they go before that though. I've got some prick. And like Jason had seen me do ten and assumed I was dead good because my yeah, ten yeah. was fire, but I did not have twenty at that oh, point. Shit. So I just that happened to me early on getting weekends based on a ten minute set, and I'm like, nah, it's so tight. My ten, like this, yeah, yeah, this yeah, couldn't yeah, even yeah. be twelve. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Unless oh, I totally had that, and I underrun so much and just do each uh, joke with a 20 second interval after it i would and that, that's where i got my pause in like i'd pause between jokes just yeah. out, out of necessity Until the laughter stop and then start another joke uh, i was so yeah. nervous all day man um but yeah 
Like, I just blagged it after. I said, oh, did, did I? I didn't. My watch stopped. And then the next night I'm back there. <laughs> and I did the same thing. Watch is still and broken, it... mate. <laughs> oh, well, no, fixed. it happened again. And he pulled me to one side and um, had a little word, mate. You can't do, you can't do 14 minutes. No. When you booked for a 20. It's the only yeah. rule, isn't it? It's the only rule, do you fucking time? I know, but yeah. not, I, I, I do think there is a, there's a sort of window, in it. Like, if yeah. you smash it for 18, they ain't going to say a word. 18's no. all right, smash yeah. it for 22, they ain't going to say a word. I think you've got, t- you've got like 10% leeway, haven't you? It's yeah, like definitely. a speeding ticket. But yeah, if you, um, even if you smash yeah, it for yeah, like exactly, 15, yeah. they're going to be like, I was a bit short. And yeah. if you go to, over, if you go to 25, they're going to probably say... Oh, I've, I've had it though, where I've come off at 19 minutes 30 and had someone be like, you ran under. Oh yeah, I've had that. It's that, like... What, do you, want, do you want me to do a 30 second joke? Like, there is a promoter that is really tight on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody came off not, once. Not name and names, but... I won't I won't name because he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, but Which means he, he gives you work. Ba- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he, he sent them back on to like finish a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking teacher making you do no, you gotta go back imagine up with your that, tail you, between you, your legs oh, oh imagine how brutal that like, would be sorry so- guys I've just got to do a couple more minutes oh, I don't God. think audiences care about time as much as promoters think they do no and like audiences think they care about time as well whenever you do like a private event they always go oh can you do an hour or can you do 45 or whatever and you've always got to argue them down and then when you end up eventually doing half an hour it's like it's 10 minutes too long wasn't it yeah what I've been trying to tell you. Yeah, 20 yeah. minutes in and out. There's a reason for the 20. It's a sweet spot. Um, right. I've never seen the time. We've been rattling on for ages. We should probably wrap things up. It's been uh, a joy. It's been really fun, man. Thanks for coming on. It's we quite all right. It a few times and we keep having to rearrange. Yeah. What well, um we do, we'll do we'll do the admin in our intros and stuff. But what um, where can people find you? You still doing your podcast? Yeah, I'm all over the place, man. Like I've got loads of shit going on. Like best place is my YouTube channel, Rob Mullen and Comedy. Uh, I put up loads of stuff on there. Uh, when's this coming out, by the way? What, Probably should... next end of next week, maybe. All right, cool. So by the time this is out, uh, go on my YouTube channel. It'll be a new half hour special called Back on the Grass that I've just put out. It's coming Did out. You... Uh, Sunday the 29th. In the little perineum between lockdowns. Yeah. Right. So like the um, perineum. Yeah. <laughs> I like um I uh, put on a load of like DIY gigs. Area. Yeah, this is it. Like with uh, me and Freddie Quinn basically ran a load of gigs in the north, like where we I, I built a stage out of a pallet and got some lights and a PA and we just turned up places and filmed all those gigs and sort of cut them together into this one like um special for all these outdoor weird little gigs so that should be out so yeah go on my youtube channel rumble and comedy cool. i've got all podcasts and stuff they're all on there so that's probably the best way excellent yeah. uh and julian any any final admin we need to do just basically sign up to the patron for extra bits patreon.com slash we are tvi yes and that's it we put it? all the videos of the podcast Video go up this a bit podcast earlier on there will be on the patreon so you can see yeah. rob's lovely background you can see an unplayed guitar. You can see, you can see my um, Moses basket, pra- double prams. There we <laughs> All go. the equip. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. End of the podcast. Rob, thanks for coming on. It's thanks for pleasure. coming, man. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye. <laughs> Oh, I'm a dire maid in an alleyway. <laughs>